Hi there, everybody, and welcome to Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay and Randy Cash, who is way over there. Hey! hey. Through the computer, how are you? I'm fine. Way over here in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Right? Yeah, right. With plenty <laughs> of toilet paper. I got plenty of toilet paper. You got plenty of toilet paper? You're oh, good yeah. to go? Yeah, I actually bought a big package that, uh, like a 40, 24 pack, pack of 24 rolls of toilet paper, double size right. that I didn't even need. That yeah. I just bought it, but I bought it for somebody who didn't have any. I was like, really, dude, you have no toilet paper? I, I'm here. I'll get it for you. And you just, I'll leave it on my porch. You can come by and pick it up. So I did. I actually, well, it cracks me up because like every time I guess you would go to the store, you would text me and be like, hey, did y'all ever find toilet paper? I might have some for you if you need it. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah, did you and a couple other people are like, dude, I don't have any toilet I'm almost, I'm like one roll left. And it's like, all right, if I'm out, I'll look. And I have been, I've been trying to do the, the good thing, you know. It's just very strange times we're living through. It is interesting how, like, toilet paper was the first thing that had a run on it. And then, of course, like, you know, cleaning cleaning wipes and um, Lysol and that kind of stuff. And now I heard something earlier that, like, eggs are the new thing that people are hoarding. And I'm like, those will have – they have, like, a shelf life. Yeah, I'm not absolutely. saying you can't eat them a little bit past their date, but – I don't want like six month old eggs. I don't. I don't think that's a good plan. No. Uh. Yeah. I. I bought a fair amount of some things that I could freeze just in case. But the milk and eggs and things, uh, I buy that like normal because that yeah, like it yeah. expires really quick. I don't go through a lot of milk, so right. I buy almond milk. But the regular milk that I do buy, I buy the smallest one that I can, and I rarely get through it before it spoils. You know, there might be a smidge left, but right. No, I hear you. It's it's very interesting. And I think there's a lot of, you know, still uh, maybe confusion or or uncertainty about what the next few months are going to look like and how long are we going to be in this sort of, you know, kind of weird limbo phase. I don't necessarily think that we're going to be completely like stay at home, shut down like forever. But I do think it's going to be a slow progression back to or, you know, re-scripting some version of what it will look like, you know, going forward. So. Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. You're still working a little bit, though, huh? Yes, I am. Uh, fortunately, I have some work that yeah. no one, it's an unoccupied residence. So right. I can get to it without affecting, you know, anybody and being around mm -hmm. anyone. So, Right. I hear you. Yeah, you know, All ya. the materials have just been there for me and I just show up. Nobody's there. It's great. There you go. It's quiet. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of like you're socially distanced even... Uh -huh. Though you're at work, so that kind of works out. Yeah, we were kind of laughing because, you know, we have the therapy office and some of us are like using the office to do virtual sessions with clients, but still not seeing people face to face. And for the most part, we're right at a month since in some cases we've had clients like in the office on a regular basis. It's just it's just weird, you know, but yeah. I mean, we're adjusting and it's it's a process. But anyways, I actually, um, you know, that. Thursday night Zoom call that I'm doing, which is kind of uh -huh. like this, you know, dial in. It's free. You get kind of like you can get really one on one support, honestly, from me. It's just kind of something I wanted to do to offer some additional support. And I have had some really great questions that have been submitted. And so I thought maybe we could talk about at least one of them today. I don't know. Absolutely. You know, I can get long. You know, I can get long winded. Would you say? I said, absolutely. <laughs> yep. I got to get used to this lag time because I feel like I'm talking and then I can't hear you. And then you say something. I'm like, huh, what? What'd you say? 
I'm just going to start raising my hand like when I was in school <laughs> when I actually would say something in class, but I never raised my hand. I'm going to do what the good kids did. They raised their hands before they mm-hmm. talk. That's what I'm going to do. I, ha- I still go back to that night that we went through some old box of stuff at your house and we found like your old report cards. And it was like these teachers were like, we really like Randy in class, but we really need him to understand that it is not the Randy show. Like he right. needs to, you know, not be so concerned with entertaining his peers and more yeah. concerned with listening to the lecture and stuff like that. I was cracking up because I can imagine you at like 13, 14, 15, you were probably a mess. Five, six, yeah. <laughs> just all just all together a mess. I think this was your high school one, though. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, pretty much throughout my whole scholastic career, I had trouble paying attention and not, you know, trying to entertain the class, you know. Class clown, that, that was me. me. In first grade, I can't, I don't know if I ever told you this. My first grade teacher made my mom take me to see a child psychologist because I was just always crazy and acting up in class i'd have been Mm -hmm. heavily medicated if i were a kid today um you think so absolutely um (laughs) but i remember the shrink told my mom's like hey randy's well just a kid he's got some issues definitely man he's got uh some fear of abandonment and he's got some trust issues and uh uh, uh, what, how did she phrase it? Uh, I have this tendency. I, back then I would have hurt you before you had the chance to hurt me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I um, get that. And the, she, I remember she told him you might want to have him lay off the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay off the sugar. Just a little yeah. bit might be a good idea. But yeah, the, she said that, no, nah, I was a good kid at heart. Just maybe bring that teacher and let me have a chat with her. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, yeah. I do. I think that actually pretty much sums up how I would describe Randy Cash on some level. Although yeah. I do think you've gotten better at not the like, I'm going to hurt you for you hurt me kind of thing. But Absolutely. you do still have that like that meme I sent you or maybe you sent it to me that was like, after this is all over, I still want you to stay six feet away. Exactly. Like that kind of keep people at arm's length. But, you know, you're working on it. People need to understand, okay, when they go in public, they don't need to practice social distancing. When they need to practice it is when they're at home. So they have it down pat when they go out into public. They're they're, they're the LeBron James of social distancing. Just have it all all practiced and figured out before they even get to the store. So practice at home and implement while you're in public. (laughs) Okay. I hear you. You're hilarious. No, so... Um, one of the questions actually, and I like that we can bring some humor to it. Um, there, there's actually like two that kind of go back to back. So if we can get to both of them in our time today, we will, but I'm going to start with the one where somebody submitted a question and they said, why is it that I feel angry all the time? Like, I just feel like it's so easy to set me off now, even if I might've always been a bit hot tempered, it's even worse now, or people that maybe are very even tempered or finding themselves on the verge of an angry kind of outburst on a pretty regular basis and just wanting some clarity as to why that is, um, and I do think it's it's a really valid question, um, but I also think it can be really confusing because one of the things, and I know we've talked about this on some level, not just in you know this podcast, but throughout all of the media stuff that we've done together, 
the idea of like anger, how to properly express anger, how to figure out exactly what it is that you're reacting to versus just having an emotional reaction. Um, and so one of the things I want you to keep in mind, and this is not to say that anger is invalid. It is absolutely, absolutely valid. But we do have to keep in mind that anger is what's known as a secondary emotion. So that doesn't mean that anger is never the true emotion that you're feeling because there are some reasons to be angry. Okay, I'm not going to say that that's never the case. But generally, it is like the thing masking something beneath the thing. So I call it like, what's the thing beneath the thing? That's what we're trying to figure out. And so... I shared this really interesting graph um, right after the question was submitted on Thursday on Facebook. And it has this kind of like wheel of emotions. And it said, you know, so anytime you're feeling anger, you may actually be feeling fear, anxiety, frustration, confusion, hurt, sadness, isolation, guilt, shame, jealousy, outrage, helplessness, overwhelmed, Humiliation, embarrassment, depression, loneliness, rejection, just to name a few. It's like this giant wheel of all of these emotions. And I feel like that hits the nail right on the head. Because when you think about it, a lot of times our feelings get hurt or we feel rejected or we feel abandoned or we feel like someone is not treating us in a manner that we want them to treat us. And so rather than getting in touch and sort of leaning into that with curiosity and trying to put words around it, we just react emotionally. And oftentimes when we react emotionally, we're not at our best. Absolutely. You know, it's like if you're feeling lonely or if you feel rejected by someone and you react to that emotionally, you're likely to say some really hurtful stuff. You're likely to react in a way that may not actually be serving you very well. It may not be really related to your core feelings, but yet it's sort of like a mask. I mean, it's kind of like what you just said that I'm going to get them before they get me idea. It's sort of this like, okay, well, if I shut it down and if I say that, you know, if I cut you deep and I say the worst possible thing I can say to you, well, that's going to give you no chance to hurt me. But what we're really doing is having a fear of abandonment or a fear of rejection or we're feeling hurt or we're feeling distance and we don't know how to handle it. And I don't know that as a society, we've ever really been given great tools to get in touch with those emotions. No. Our our world does not seem to get how or what does not seem to understand the concept or understand why it's important to go, okay, I want to be angry. Maybe it's valid to be angry, but what's really beneath the anger? What's fueling the anger? If you want to imagine that anger is the expression, the fuel is what's beneath it. And so I spend a lot of time with my clients trying to get them to dig deeper, to ask themselves, like, what is it that you're really reacting to? Are you hurt that your partner didn't listen to you? Are you feeling lonely because you're stuck at home by yourself? And so rather than reach out to a friend and say, hey, I'm struggling with this loneliness, you react emotionally and shut everybody off because you're afraid that you're going to get hurt. And, and it is. It's very counterintuitive and counterproductive. But yet we give into it all the time. Yeah, I hear you, man. I'm what they call hypersensitive. And mm-hmm. uh, so it doesn't mean, you know, that. I get, you know, my feelings hurt easily. It just means that I'm very, the emotions are very powerful to me. And so when I was younger, I didn't know how to handle them and process them. Like you were saying mm-hmm. now, even as a mm-hmm. small child, 
when I felt that way, I always lashed out, you know, like mm-hmm. we had discussed mm-hmm. before. And now I'm older. I learned, dude, I have, well, it, things get that bad, which they haven't in a long time. So I try to mm-hmm. avoid those types of situations in the first place. <laughs> sure. When things do get that bad, though, I'll, I'll separate myself and like, all right, I have to take a walk. You need to give me five minutes or an hour mm-hmm. and not be in my presence because I'm about to drop some nuclear bombs. I'm going to blow this whole place up. And I don't want to do that. So why don't you let right. me calm down and get in a good headspace so we can actually communicate. Otherwise, I'm just going to lash out and be a, a way that I don't want to be. So that's what yeah. I do personally. I don't think a lot of people like how they are or like how they react when they are just reacting off of anger. It's sort of an unsafe feeling, honestly, because it's almost like you, I've often said for me, when I get to a place like that, where I'm just reacting angrily, it's like I can see myself going through the motions of what I'm doing. And I can logically have some awareness that this is not how I want to be behaving, but yet I'm so worked up in that moment that it's really hard for me to sort of stop and keep it from spiraling. Now, it does take a lot to get me to that point. Like, I think, you know, there there's some instances I can think of in my life where I have just been like really, really angry. And maybe some of it was valid, but I think a lot of it was because parts of me that felt exposed or bristled or, you know, not cared for or tended to were becoming kind of inflamed. Mm -hmm. And then the more that inflamed feeling took over, the less power I had to kind of stop that spiral from happening. And it definitely takes some practice and and a lot of self-introspection to kind of be like, okay, what's going on? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I needing? Is there anything I can do to distance myself from this emotion or to even just kind of take it down a notch? Kind of like what you said, like, I'm going to, okay, just let me cool down. I might need to go yell in my car or I might need to, you know, go have like a little fit to myself, but it's not at that point, I'm not outwardly expressing something I'm going to regret later. Yes, it's not healthy. And I learned all this stuff the hard way, you know, (laughs) by doing it and then going, oh, hmm, that probably didn't serve me very well. It's Mm -hmm. the worst feeling to cool down and realize, oh, my God, I send some really horrendous things and I feel terrible and I didn't mean any of it. And that's and then, wow, how that person must have felt hearing me Mm -hmm. say those things that they're very hurtful. I didn't mean it. I don't ever want to do that to anybody. That stinks. Yeah. It's kind of like the intentions matter. And I do think that it's important. Like, let's say that, you know, you do fly off the handle a little bit and and you do, you know, get to a point where you say or do something that maybe you aren't proud of or that doesn't really serve the relationship that you're in or whatever it may be. I do think it's an important part of this whole process to be able to circle back with that person and go, okay, look, X, Y, and Z happened. I shouldn't have done that. There's no excuse for it. I I should have been better at, you know, kind of catching myself and not letting things spiral and apologizing for it, not dwelling on it, not staying fused with it, because just like I don't want people to be fused with the anger, I don't want you to get fused in the self-loathing either, where you're just constantly spiraling on how terrible you are, because that's also not a truth and that doesn't serve anything either. It really is about trying to sort of dig down deep, 
pull the core of whatever is, you know, the problem up to the surface and then expressing it in a healthy way. Yes. But that takes some practice. I, I, I like that what you said, though, that it took <laughs> it took some hard learning lessons in there to really go, hmm, is that really how I want to do things? Maybe not. OK, how can I redirect things? You know, so the way this relates to what we're going through right now is that. There's a lot of things that feel out of our control. And depending on who you ask, you're going to get different answers to what they feel like in terms of their levels of control of what's going on. And when we feel like we don't have a lot of control over things, we start to kind of hyper focus on things in the environment of what we can control. And we start to get a little bit picky and nitpicky about things, which is why I'm having an influx of couples reaching out and saying, we just can't quit fighting. We are just, you know, at each other and, you know, we we can't seem to find any middle ground. And it's not to say that there is no middle ground, but right now we've like lost perspective on it, you know? Um, it's, so it's important to be able to have that downtime. I don't know if we talked about it last week or the week before that one of the most important things you can do, especially in relationships and families, is everybody needs some me time. Everybody needs some decompression time. Everybody needs the ability to kind of take a step back and just recharge their batteries a little bit so that you're not, you know, running around on empty and then trying to pull from emotional reserves that you don't have. And then it takes, again, it takes some time to kind of learn and and, and process. Like, at what point do I recognize I am starting to get close to that empty meter, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure not a lot of these couples are stuck at home together and a lot closer quarters and spending more time with each other. And there's no getting away. You have no space for yourself. Maybe just going to the bathroom is the only time that you're actually like alone and you have some me time. Me time is very important, you know, especially in a relationship. I think you need, you know, little time Mm -hmm. apart to kind of decompress. Like you said, that's just me. Absolutely. No, no, no. I think that's healthy because I do. I think that there, there's nothing wrong with wanting to spend a majority of your time with someone. But you're right. I think even if, like I know in my case, I work from home a good majority. Of, I would say like 75% of the time I'm working from home. I'm in the office a couple of days a week. But other than that, I'm at home doing, you know, like my workshops or podcasting or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. Um, Now, my significant other has not always been on that model. And we had a conversation the other night about how she was like, it's so difficult sometimes because it's like, I, you know, I get what you mean when you feel like when you're working from home, like you never stop working. You're just kind of always working on stuff or the ability to just, you know, not be distracted by all of the things at home. It's like, cause you don't always feel like you're at work. So there's that adjustment, right? Of just being used to, or trying to get used to something that's very new, especially to a lot of people. And then the other thing is that we're not used to spending, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with someone. We're probably used to spending what, three to six hours a night with someone and then having the weekend to kind of catch up and have a good time, but not necessarily every single day. So, and, and it's, it's a completely normal human experience to, uh, you know, d- develop some annoyance or some feelings of like, oh my gracious, if I don't get away from this person for like five minutes, I may strangle somebody. <laughs> we don't want the strangling. Like we don't want to get to that point. So that's why the me time is so important because what I'm often finding in my clients is that if they just start to institute even five to 
five to 10 minutes, you know, where they can like take a step away, do something for them, something that they enjoy. When they come back to the the relationship and the reconnection, they actually enjoy it a lot more because it doesn't feel like it's starting to grate on their nerves. Yeah. Three to six hours a day. I was thinking more like three to six hours a week. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you live together, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think it varies from couple to couple. But I think that's a, that's a pretty good. I mean, if you think about it, you get home from work, maybe like six, six thirty and then you eat dinner and then you've got until maybe like 10 o'clock or so that you're hanging out and then it's bedtime for most people. I'm just kind of using it like on sure. average. Right. Um but even if you've got, you know, six hours a day that you're used to spending together, well, that's not 24 hours, right? There, there, there's a big difference in these numbers. Right. And so there is a certain adjustment period. And so for anybody listening, um, I, I am trying to normalize it, that it's completely normal and understandable that you're feeling a bit of overwhelm. And that's probably what is leading to the feeling of anger. And then, of course, the fact that we don't have a lot of control over what's going on and some of the decisions that are being made about what, you know, our, our ability to leave our house and things like that look like, um, it, it can really bristle those feelings of, you know, anger. And so it's important to give voice to it and it's important to validate it, but we don't want to become fused with the anger. That's when we start to tip over into like danger territory. If it's like all we're doing is being inundated with negative and we get fused with the anger and now everything is making us mad. We're not focusing on any of the good that is there. We're just focusing on the bad. That's not going to serve us very well. No. Take a little time for yourself. Read a book. Yes. I don't know. Spend an extra four minutes in the bathroom washing your hands or something. I don't know, man. At least your hands would be clean. Read, you know. Right. Do something. Take out um, the trash. Take out the trash, go for a walk. I mean, there, there's no limit or excuse me, there's no shortage of things that you can try to do, but it might take some creativity, you know, especially if your typical me time is to go somewhere outside the house. Well, now you may have to turn that mirror back on yourself and be like, okay, so I've got lots of time on my hands. What do I want to do with that time? You know, how can I productively spend my time in a way that, that makes me feel good, you know? Now, okay, so that actually leads me into the next question because I use the term productive and I want to be really, really clear what I mean by this because one of the other questions that was submitted is not so much anger all the time, but I feel like I'm just sleepy all the time. Like I'm sleeping more than I've ever slept. I'm taking naps. I'm doing all of the sleepiness that I can, but I feel like there's just never enough. It's like I wake up and then I'm fighting going back to bed and taking a nap. And, you know, like, first of all, I think part of the question was, is that normal? And is there anything that can be done to sort of help me not feel quite so exhausted? And so part of it is that from from whatever perspective you're you're experiencing this whole stay at home quarantine, whatever we want to call it time, <clears throat> It's going to have a little bit of almost like a traumatic reaction in the body where you feel Mm -hmm. like you don't quite know what to do with yourself. Things feel very unsettled. It feels like there's a lot of emotion and energy and stuff to process like all at one time. And that in and of itself can be very tiring. It really can be. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's healthy really for anybody to stay in bed all day long every day and not getting up. Like I do think that there is such a thing as giving into 
those kind of depressive feelings, almost like giving into the anger. I don't really want us to stay fused with it, but I don't know that we want to try and push ourselves too much, too hard, too fast while we're in this very odd adjustment limbo period. Um, one of the things to think about is that productivity might look different right now than it's looked previously for you. Maybe you are sleeping in more in the mornings than you're used to. Maybe you're going to bed earlier at night. Maybe you're taking a nap during the day and that hasn't been something you've been able to do for like years. It doesn't mean that any of those things are bad. One of the best suggestions I can give you though is that if you do want to try and keep yourself from giving in to that, you know, like exhaustion, is to at least try and give yourself some things that are regular, regularly scheduled to, throughout your day that you can look forward to. So I know I have a few clients that are used to getting up and going to the office every day. So now they get up and they, they put on like an outfit that they might wear to work and they sort of go through the motions of getting ready. Now they may not be doing it at like six in the morning. They might be doing it at 10 in the morning, right? But they're still giving themselves that, that kind of feeling of regularity and normalcy. Maybe you do that and you have your coffee and you, you know, watch something on television that, you know, makes you just happy and you enjoy watching, right? Okay, so it's just an example like that. that the routine doesn't have to look like anybody else's, but it is a really important thing to be able to give yourself something regular to look forward to. I kind of have like a morning and night routine that I do where even if I sleep in a little bit one day, I still wake up and kind of go through like I wash my face and I brush my teeth and I have like my little morning drink that I have. And I look through uh, kind of my to-do list for the day and it makes me feel productive. So my, my suggestion is to figure out what are those things that can ground you into feeling like you have a routine and start to kind of latch on to those. I don't want you to get fused with the anger and the exhaustion, but I'd be okay if you get fused with your routine a little bit because yeah. it is going to keep you on that like practice of just being productive by whatever standard that looks like right now. Yeah, you got to move around a little bit, get your blood flowing. Even if you're just walking back and forth throughout the house, use your brain. That helps. I, mean, I like I, it. I play mm -hmm. solitaire all the time. Just yeah. it's something to do, but I don't necessarily play it so much as like the the card game is intended. I kind of look at it as more like a puzzle because I'll move, I'll move backwards and redo things. Like say if I get down, there's two red nines and I move the wrong red nine and it didn't make it. Uh-huh. Works. I'll backtrack, switch out the other red nine, try to go back and find out where I went wrong. You know, just mm -hmm. looking at it from a different perspective now because I need, you know, something mm -hmm. else to keep the brain going. And it's a lot of fun, man. Just something yeah. I just accidentally did. It's like, oh, maybe I should there look at go. this like a puzzle and not just a card game, you know, change the objective a little bit, if you will. I like it. I like it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like giving yourself something to keep, you know, to keep stimulation kind of happening. I, I think there's there's a lot of options of what we can do. And we do have a lot of technological, you know, things that we can allow ourselves to play with. I know you said you're doing a lot of learning how to use video software and whatnot. I'm kind of over here uh, when I have downtime or if there are clients that I'm, you know, like having to skip a week or something like that. So I'm not as busy as maybe I once was. I can spend that time to maybe make some workshops or do some recording or, you know, maybe I play with my cats. I just saw yours jump mm -hmm. down over there. It's kind of funny. Kitty made an appearance, but yeah, you know, it's like giving yourself some things to look forward to so that it doesn't feel like every day is just a, you know, continuation of the day before. And there is something to break it up. And having that routine is, is really going to come in handy. Really, really, really.
Got to have a hobby. I'm having a great time with all these video things that I've been doing. It's Are been you a lot of learning fun. how to do it? Fun. I'm using my brain and I'm doing new things and they're creative and mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. And I look That's forward good. to it. I look forward to it. I can't wait to get home from work so I can mess with this dumb program. Make a stupid <laughs> little video of myself and just practice, you know? So yeah. a lot of fun, man. I don't think it's dumb at all. I think, you know, um, the, the whole process of being able to give yourself stimulation is really important. So, yeah, it's just it's we're really much we're really much. Yeah. We are very much in an unusual, uh, unusual time. But that doesn't mean that it has to, you know, feel like this this horrible thing. Now, one of the things to keep in mind, too, is that we are going to have to be sort of prepared for how the adjustment back to a different schedule is going to look like. And I think that's going to be a bit of an abrupt sort of change for people also. You know, change is hard. And anytime it's a forced change, it's even harder because it's not like it's something we asked for. And so we kind of had a forced change that got us to where we are. We're going to have a bit of a forced change that's going to bring us out of it. And so it's kind of this going to happen in waves. It's going to happen in cycles. But I just want to give people kind of permission to feel what they're feeling. Like it is okay to feel your feelings. It is okay to validate what is going on with you. But it's also okay to shift out of those kind of icky feelings and moving into something that feels a bit more conducive for what you want. You know, it's kind of like that. What do they always say? Like dress for the job you want. I'm kind of telling you to like act in the way you want to feel. You know, if you start putting yourself in motion it starts to get easier to continue putting yourself in motion. And I'm as guilty of it as the next person. I can sit there and scroll social media till I'm like numb and that's not ideal. So when I catch myself doing that, I'm like, okay, got to get up and got to do something. Even if all I do is go to the bathroom and wash my face and brush my hair, that is better than sitting here and numbing out in a way that's not helping me, right? So it's about the little incremental things that we can do and start to implement. And it really is possible to make this change, but it's going to take a little bit of practice. And from... Well, go ahead. I was going to say, all the stuff that we talk about that I do in my life, I learned it all the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) so do not be like randy cash and learn it the hard way just you know give yourself permission to try some things out you don't have to love everything that you try the first time and that's Mm -hmm. especially true with like hobbies or things that you might do i have this huge stack of books in front of me my microphone is sitting on top of it and there's a number of them that i've started and haven't finished so i kind of have this like okay you know what tomorrow i know i have some meetings early in the day but i have a break in the middle of my day Rather than being completely idle and doing nothing, I'm going to flip through some of these books and I'm going to see which ones I want to keep reading on. But if I read a page and it bores me, I'm not going to keep reading it. I'm going to pick up a different one and read a page in it because it's about trying to keep yourself interested and stimulated, not boring yourself to death. That's not what we're trying to do. I've been watching all of the Star Wars movies in sequence, Ooh. not like from when they were released, but how they fit within the storyline. Does right? that make sense? So I watched, uh-huh. you know, the episodes one, two, and three, and now I'm uh-huh. on Empire Strikes Back. It's almost over. And- oh, there you go. Now, have you seen the uh, that Mandalorian one yet? Yes. Have really you seen good. the little baby Yoda? Yes. Well, I saw the show Mandalorian, so yeah, I've seen the baby Yoda. He's just so cute. I just yeah. love him. How could you not, man? It's baby Yoda, dude. 
I know, but it's not really Yoda, but it looks like Yoda, so he's called Baby Yoda. I don't know. Yeah, it, Anyways, it's a whole thing. We just went to a whole different place. But no, stuff like that. I think it's important to give yourself comfort also. And so if you love a certain series, I've seen a lot of people doing that with Star Wars. I've seen them doing it with Lord of the Rings. I've seen them doing it with uh, Harry Potter. Just, a, you know, anything that gives you some of that sense of comfort, but also not to the point where you're numbing out and you've like forgotten what day it is. It's all about balance. I talk about balance a lot because it really is. That's like the name of the game. So absolutely. Anyways. Um, oh, and I forgot Monday, my, um, mini relationship communication workshop launched. And so I'm really enjoying getting to like put that out there. Um, it's kind of fun. It's like, I've been talking about this workshop for forever and we finally got all of the pieces and parts launched and it's going pretty well. And the the cool thing is that you can join at any time. Like you could literally sign up today and you start from the beginning, right? You don't have to start where we are on the journey so far. And during this strange time that we're in, I have discounted it to $19.99. So all you have to do is go to my website under the work with me page on lindsaywalden.com. And it's the very first option. And you just select it. And then I get in touch with you and give you all of the stuff. It's kind of Yay. fun. I kind of like it. I know, right? Yay. I heard myself in your speakers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The, the What's that called when it does that? Uh, delay feedback. It's feedback. Feedback. There you go. I was going to say reverberation, but I don't think that's the right word. Feedback's when it squelches and makes noise. Yeah, we didn't do that. Okay. If people want to follow along with you and your funniness, because you've been putting funny videos out there, how can they find you, Mr. Cash? I have been at our cash comedy (laughs) on Instagram. I did a video playing with when I shaved this funky mustache on. Yeah. And uh-huh. I hadn't shaved in a couple of weeks and I <laughs> shaved this funny looking mustache and dyed it with this like spray on your hair black dye and made a video playing a Faith No More song and they shared it on their Instagram timeline. I did they really share cool. it? Yeah, they've been doing that for a lot of fans. So I was like, well, I'm going to make one, dude. Shave a killer awesome. crazy mustache. That's hilarious. Fun. That was fun. That was inter- fun. It gave you something to do. It was something that maybe ordinarily you wouldn't have the time for, but you, you know, have a little extra downtime. So why the heck not? Right. When I shaved that in the mirror, I laughed for 10 minutes. <laughs> when I saw the video, I started cracking up. I was laughing. I I couldn't even listen. I'm like, I got I'm laughing at this. This is hilarious. Well, but that's why yeah, because we got to blow off some steam and have some fun. Right. Yes. Yes, and that's why I asked where people can follow you. So at our cash comedy, huh? Yes, my dear. Thank you. Okay. So I already gave the uh, lindsaywalden.com is my website. You can always follow along with me on Facebook at Lindsay Walden Consulting or at Lindsay Walden Therapy. I am continuing to go live on there and do a lot of interactive posts and trying to just, you know, bring some fun and inspiration and, and, you know, kind of some more enjoyable topics for us to talk about from time to time. Um, I'm also on Instagram at this is Lindsay Walden and also on Pinterest at therapy thoughts. So all sorts of ways for you to connect with us. And we're going to continue recording this kind of remote podcast as long as we have to, because I really like doing it. Thank you for helping me out with it. You're very welcome. My pleasure. And for all of you listening, I really do hope that you are staying safe and taking care of yourself. And we will be back next week with more.